as we said at the beginning of the meeting. This is our seventh week looking at this. What we believe. We spent some time looking at doctrines one through seven of the Salvation Army. They are in the Red Song book in the pew. But we're going to take a moment to review them before we introduce our new two today. We started, apparently, seven weeks ago, with Doctrine 1. We believe that the scriptures of the Old and New Testament were given by inspiration of God, and that they only constitute the divine rule of Christian faith and practice. Basically, we believe that the Bible is the word of God given to man and how to tell him, to instruct him on how he is to live his life. Number two, we believe that there is only one God who is infinitely perfect, the creator, preserver, and governor of all things, and who is the only proper object of religious worship. We believe that we are here by design. God created it. He is our creator. He keeps us. And he is to be our governor and our judge. Because of those things, he is to be the only proper object, the only one worthy of our praise, our adoration, and worship. Number three, we believe that there are three persons in the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, undivided in essence and co-equal in power and glory. The Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, right? Number four, we believe that in the person of Jesus Christ, the divine and human natures are united so that he is truly and properly God and truly and properly man. Number four was very important for us. Because in Jesus, when he was here on earth, when he died on that cross, if he wasn't man, then the price he paid wouldn't have been big enough for us. The fact that he was man, just like we are man, was human. His death, his sacrifice paid the price for us. But he was also God. He had stepped down from heaven to pay that price. And when he died, that's where he returned. Number five, this is why we needed Jesus. This is why we still need Jesus. We believe that our first parents were created in a state of innocency, but by their disobedience, they lost their purity and happiness, and that in consequence of their fall, all men have become sinners, totally depraved, and as such, are justly exposed to the wrath of God. And we need sin. We see that in those moves we were looking at, the forbidden fruit, or our countdown timer. When they sinned, sin entered the world. And everybody since has been born struggling with sin. They've been born with a sin nature. Jesus is the only one on earth who was able to overcome that very nature. Which is why his death on the cross was so much. Because he was able to put behind that sin nature that so many of us struggle with. And all of us struggle with. 
But that's why Jesus came. Doctrine 6. We believe the Lord Jesus Christ has by his suffering and death made an atonement for the whole world. So that whosoever will may be saved. Made an atonement for the whole world. In Doctrine 7. We believe that repentance towards God, faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, and regeneration by the Holy Spirit are necessary to salvation. It's not enough to just believe in Him. But we have to confess our sins to Him. Ask for forgiveness. Repent. And ask for the Spirit to come in. And renew us and refresh us and make us new. And so we're going to look at doctrines 8 and 9 today. Doctrines 8 and 9. And 8 says this. We believe that we are justified by grace through faith in our Lord Jesus Christ and that he that believeth hath the witness in himself. We believe that we are justified by grace through faith in who? Jesus. And that if we believe in him, we have a witness that we can share with others. A witness that resides within us. And then doctrine 9. We believe that continuance in the state of salvation depends upon continued obedient faith in Christ. In other words, we may struggle and fall. But when we are faithful, when we repent, and when we strive to live a life every day pleasing to God, when we ask for forgiveness every day of what we have done the day before, Then he is a kind, merciful, and loving God. Now, how many of you guys have ever watched infomercials? Right? Now, they always come on and they'll have this one item, right? And they'll tell you, and it looks like it goes, it's regularly this price, and it starts flashing, right? Or they've added some kind of artwork around it. But today, if you act now, you'll only pay this price. And then they go, but wait. If you act within the next 10 minutes, you'll only pay this price. And then they lower it again, right? And finally, they'll say something else. Order it now, and we'll not only give you this for this price, but we'll throw in a second one for what? Free. Free! And they say what? You know, it's always great. We love things for free, don't we? If it is free, we are there, right? And sometimes we always wonder what the catch is, right? What's the catch with infomercials? Separate process and shipping handling, right, normally? Just pay separate process shipping and handling. Which is normally like the same price as the original item, right? And you're like, wait a minute. Who shipped they Wait a minute. We all like free things, right? And it's always nice to find out that things, free things, are 
free, right? But sometimes it's not a monetary catch. For instance, before we have worship, right, we, go to, we have refreshment time. And we provide refreshments, coffee and things like that, but what do we ask in return? That you stay for the Bible lesson, right? So there's a small catch. We're just asking to have the opportunity to share God's word with you. But interestingly enough, how many of you have ever thought about what God has done, what Jesus has done for you, the gift of salvation? And then be like, it can't be that simple, right? We've grown up in a society today where there's always a catch, right? Separate shipping and handling, right? Or you'll get a mailer and it will say, you qualify for this free gift. All you need to do is, and it's normally not just send me your address so that I can mail it to you, right? What was it? One of those mailers where it would be like, you qualify to win money. Or and something like that. And then you would have to do, um, how many, you'd have to order magazines or buy something, right? We've grown up in a society where there always seems to be a catch with what's going on. But when God makes a free offer, it is indeed that. It is free. Look at Romans chapter 3. Sin is death, 
But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The wages of sin is death. We've covered that before. It's in what? We learned about Doctrine 5. It's a consequence of the fall. It's a consequence of sin, right? The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's a gift. It's not one of those gifts that have a catch. Romans 5, starting with verse 15. But the gift is not like trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many again? The gift of God is not like the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation. But the gift followed many trespasses and bought justification. So one man, sin condemned us. And one man's gift had saved us. It saved many. 2 Corinthians 9.15 says, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. In Ephesians 2.8-9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this, not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. So, are thinking, well, God does want something, though, when he saves us. He wants us to be good. He wants us to live a life pleasing to him. He wants us to try not to sin. Right? We just read in Ephesians that it says, not by works, though. Have you been saved? In other words, nothing we do has qualified us to be saved. Further in verse 10 of Ephesians chapter 2, it says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. In other words, this isn't a catch. He's not saying, Because you have been saved, you now have to do this. What he is saying is, you were meant all along to do these things, but because of sin, you have been separated from fulfilling it. But now that you have been saved, you have been restored into the ability of living like that. Sounds a little different that way, right? like those infomercials that they said yeah we will and guess what you pay shipping and handling separately but since it's in the same package you're not paying separate shipping there's actually not a catch
We were created for this very reason. When a criminal is pardoned last minute, it is often not that they have deserved the pardon, but that someone's heart was softened, someone was kind, right? When God pardons us, that is grace. We have not earned our pardon. We have continued sinning, earning that death sentence by every sin. When a prisoner may be pardoned, it's less than the perfect grace we see from God. There's always a reason behind why the governor has done it, right? Well, even though he hasn't redeemed himself for the crime, he has changed his life around. He has done something to earn it, right? And then the former prisoner has a change of environment. He's free to go where he wants. His reputation has been restored. He hasn't been acquitted for his crimes. He's been pardoned from them. There's always been a reason, though, but we have been pardoned from our sins. And the reason isn't because of anything we've done, but because of God's love. When we receive God's grace, we change. First of all, there's a supernatural change in our hearts, in our minds, in our attitudes. Our behaviors change. What we used to do before God, before we were saved, before we claimed his salvation in our lives, is something of the past. And who we are in Him is a new creation. When we claim the grace of God, it's not simply a ticket to heaven. We're receiving so much more. 1 John 1 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins. Well, that's good, right? But it says, and purify us from unrighteousness. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and he forgives us. But he will also purify us. When we make that decision to accept God's grace, what we are doing is allowing him to be able to come in and to change us. Earlier we sang, I stand with arms high and heart abandoned, right? In other words, here I am. Open for you to come in. It all, the one who gave it all, who learned of his death, 
Christ's death and the price he paid for us. My soul, Lord, to you I surrender. All that I am is yours. Right? Whatever I have is yours to do with as you would will. Second Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, and the new has come. We are new creations when we have accepted God into our lives, when we have welcomed him in, receiving his grace and his forgiveness. And by being a recipient of that grace, we have been crafted into a new creation. One that is created in Christ Jesus, as it said in Ephesians um, that we looked at earlier, to do good works according to the plan that God has already had in place for us. superficial level of grace. But that's not because of what God has done. That's how because of how we've received it. It's helped us develop a conscience. It may give us a stronger sense of right and wrong. But it doesn't change our attitudes. It doesn't change our behaviors. James says, What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but no deeds? Can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, Go, and I wish you well, for him and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. I say, show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by what I do. You believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that. And it's shudder. James 2, starting with verse 14. Even the demons believe. We know been justified by grace through faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And he that believeth has a witness in himself. But it doesn't end there. 
believe that continuance in the state of salvation depends upon continued obedient faith in Christ. That's where that action comes in. If we are truly a new creation each and every day, People should be able to look at our behavior, our actions, and see God. <clears throat> Christianity, according to polls, is one of the most popular religions there is. But if you look at the actions of people sometimes, especially the ones on the news, what they model is not what Christ would have us be. <clears throat> Jesus says in John 10, 10, I have come that you might have life and have it to the fullest. only one who can truly satisfy our deepest longings. There was once a survey taken across Europe. 75 people said that they were satisfied with their lives. They were satisfied with what they have. But it didn't take into account how many of them had Jesus. And without him, we are never satisfied.
Seek after his peace that passes all understanding. We believe that continuance in the state of salvation depends upon continued obedient faith in Christ. It is an everyday process. Once you have accepted his grace, you become changed. And because of that, how you interact with the world around you changes. And if it hasn't, or if sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't, which is where many of us find ourselves in that boat, right? There's things in life that get to us. What is this popular saying? You're about to make me lose my religion, right? Whenever someone's upset about something and they're going to act unchristian-like. We've heard that, right? Haven't we? Well, make me lose Jesus. make that decision with each action that we make to be obedient it's not just enough to accept his grace into our lives it's a <clears throat> commitment to follow him it's like family right sometimes you love them sometimes you don't love what they do but you still make that decision to love them, right? Sometimes you may be mad at them. Sometimes you have to process things, but you come back. That's why we have the ability to seek forgiveness. Because we may find ourselves off on some weird path. A path that is not of God's choosing. A path outside of His will, because we have wandered outside of His will. He will bring us back. He will guide us home. And maybe there's something that you're struggling with. That's separating you. You draw closer and something pulls you back. You kind of feel like for every step forward you take, there's someone pulling you back five inches or more. Let's be honest, there's a reason sin is depicted in imagery as chains. As something that binds us and drags us down and prevents us from rising. That's why we say continuance, because we know it's gonna get hard in life, especially when you start to go where you need to be, where God wants you to be. That's when people and things are gonna pop out of the woodwork that you ain't seen in forever or attempt to be back to the old things, the old you. 
who you used to be, right? And sometimes they make who you used to be sound so good or not so bad. Well, it wasn't that bad, right? Ever had those thoughts? I mean, I wasn't as good as I have been, but it wasn't as bad as it could have been. The question you need to ask is, is it who God has in store for you? Is, are you who he wants you to be? It's a continuing process because it's something that can change each and every day. One day you may be riding high on a mountaintop experience. The next day something may happen and you bottom out. And sometimes in that valley it gets a little dark and it gets a little lonely. And because we forget that he was there as well as on that mountain with us the other voices we hear start to sound louder but we don't have to live in the pit we don't have to live there in that valley we're going to take some time in prayer And as we do, the altar's available. If you need to surrender something to him, if you need to ask him to come in and deliver you from something, take this opportunity. If you've never even accepted his salvation to start with, what are you waiting for? As the music plays, we just ask that you take this time to pray.
for breaking the chains that hold us. Here we stand by your grace. Help us to be new creations, to live a life pleasing to you. We thank you for everything that you may do for us.
In Jesus' name. We're going to um, invite you to stand as we sing this last song. If you've been walking through-